Chapter 1 Keradwen Felvenus, a 20-year-old Celestian girl, entered the shooting range. Dressed in a loose, sleeveless sweatsuit, she halted in the middle of the room. With training guns in both her hands and a virtual reality goggles and headphones, she was well prepared for the fight. Every single time, moments like these filled her veins with adrenaline. Her fingers shook slightly but more from excitement than nerves. Drops of sweat dripped down her well-toned arms. Keradwen waited the three seconds before an inscription was displayed on the screen. Simulation launched. A green, three-dimensional grid on a black background appeared in front of her eyes. Keradwen raised her weapons. She stood still for a moment to calm her mind and sharpen her senses. She could not afford even a second of distraction or loss of vigilance. Perhaps, one day, she would fight for her life with a real enemy and would have to make use of all her acquired skills. Hence, even during routine daily training, she felt as if she was balanced between life and death. Somewhere in the background, a white dot flashed by and a low, barely audible, static resonated in her headphones. Keradwen pulled the trigger, and the virtual bullet liquidated the target which turned red. The counter changed her score from zero to one. Then came a moment of silence, which was written in the simulation in the assumption that it would distract the trainee, but Keradwen was not deceived by that. Her eyes remained focused on the screen. Two targets appeared at the same time, one near her back and the other on her right. She crouched down. Taking a half turn, she spread her arms and struck at both the dots. The longer break did not occur this time, and more targets started appearing on all sides. The girl shot him down one by one, sometimes leaping over or dodging him always striking him down with precision. The simulation stopped. Seeing the counter showing the number 12 made her smile at herself. She had been training like that every morning since she was four, so she decided that nothing would happen if she skipped one day. She was well prepared. She had other plans for today. She took off her goggles and put the guns aside on a metal rack. Breathing heavily, she released her long hair, which reached nearly up to her waist and reflected all shades of bronze. Her skin shone like a tanned sculpture. Her green eyes were large and striking, adrenaline had constricted the pupils to a pinpoint for better focus. Her heart raced as if she had sneaked out of death's embrace. She entered the hallway. The light was switched on only in the living room casting a yellow glow on the walls. She headed towards her room, but hearing loud talks between two people, she stopped and listened. What's the deal this time? She whispered to herself, approaching the door. Her father, Delian, sat at a table with his head propped on his hand. His dark hair was disheveled, and his pale green eyes appeared like he had not slept for days. His sweatshirt was wrinkled with stains of energy drink sloshed on it. The Celestian's days were filled with his duties, so he did not pay much attention to his appearance. 
Coming home from work at the Art Evo company, he just wore whatever was at hand. You're going out again, growled the second speaker, swinging his hand, right now, when I'm leaving. Future of the Union and therefore the future of our planet depends on it. I can't let the opposite party win this vote, said Delian. Maybe I'll be able to meet you before you leave. No, you won't, cut off Seth. He held a black jacket in his hand and strode around the room in a brisk manner. Even though he was only 11 months older than his adoptive sister, he was exactly opposite to her in appearance. His short, hazel hair was always set neatly, and his eyes were more of a darker shade than his sister's vivid green, resembling the depths of the sea. Unfortunately, for Delian, both the siblings had a tenacious and combative nature. The vote might stall a bit, but do you even know when I'm going out? Asked Seth, shrugging his shoulders. Surely, you don't care. Hanging out in sessions and proceedings is more important for you. Our future depends on it, Delian counted and gritted his teeth. He did not know how long he could hold on to his temper. He felt as if he was explaining to a little kid for the tenth time the meaning of the word no. And mine depends on this. Seth leaned against the table and scowled at his adoptive father. I asked you for one thing which just needed you to stand and look, and even that was too much for you. He spread his arms apart in defeat. I guess if Keridwen had asked for a glass of water from Uridan, you would have rushed to please your daughter, am I not right? Delian stood up in anger but he did not raise his voice. Don't cross your limits. Seth crossed his arms instead, muttering, well, at least as he cares about my successes. Hearing this, Delian straightened up and lifted his head. Mention this corporate briber one more time and, and what? Seth broke in and held his breath. He knew that he had gone too far. He was walking on wafer-thin ice, every word approaching Delian's breaking point, but he regretted nothing. Delian placed his hands on top of the table and continued in a calm but stern tone, I can't agree to allow you to work for him. But why not? You didn't meet his expectations, but it doesn't mean that I won't. He values me. He scowled at Delian. Unlike you, I'm sick of living with someone who points my mistakes all the time. Delian lost the last remains of his patience. A wave of fury rushed through his bones. He had committed all his days to work in order to provide a decent life for his children. He pushed the chair back with a shrill rasp and walked towards Seth. The thought flashed through his mind. Did I waste 20 years of my life? You don't like it here? He shouted, then pointed to the door. No one is forcing you to live in my house. You can move away whenever you want if you can earn a living by yourself. You're damn right, I can growled Seth. He wore his jacket and pulled on the hood, then left the flat, slamming the door behind him. Keridwen narrowed her eyes as irritation took over. 
Two of her closest family members were at it again. Every single time when she saw the rising tension between them, she wanted to leave home and forget how they accused each other of all their failures. Delian tapped on the icon with a trembling finger. He read the message and exhaled deeply. Can I ask you something? Keradwen slipped into the room. Delian placed the device down, still glancing at its screen. He then rubbed his eyes and looked up at her. Sure. Would you mind taking me to the new gallery opening? They have an exhibition of the most modern weaponry. She looked up at the ceiling and started naming them. Heavy Erlang rifle, hybrid blasters and, not today, he interrupted her, I have to go for the voting. I cannot allow my opponents to come up with another ridiculous idea. Politics, of course, grumbled Keridwen. She rolled her eyes, but after weighing up all her arguments, she bent over the table to say in a conspiratorial tone. What about letting me go alone? This one and only time. She raised her hand as if taking a solemn oath and added, I will be careful and keep my eyes open even at the back of my head and avoid talking to strangers. I can't agree. Keridwen had expected a similar reaction. She was soon losing hope that one day Delian would consider her an adult. Her every discussion about going outside ended with a long lecture from him about all kinds of threats and dangers. Why not? She frowned in confusion and frustration. I'm not going to fly halfway across the galaxy. I just want to walk a few blocks away. I've told you so many times. Delian sat up straight and folded his arms on his chest like an old, erudite professor. Where there is a crowd, there are robbers and rebel assassins. One careless second and you're lost. Turn into the wrong street, and I'd look for you only with a dying hope that you're still alive. He took a long look at his daughter. She aped his movement and crossed her arms too. Her eyes wandered all around the living room. Delian carried on. Anyway, there have been riots on the streets for three days. The militia has blocked some districts on the islands. Keridwen almost came up with a counter-argument when Delian added, the discussion is over. Well, in that case, she defied, shrugging, good luck. Delian smiled gently, seeing the frustration fade away from his daughter's face. He stood up, stretching his arms and back. He threw his stained sweatshirt on the sofa and put on a more fitting tailcoat. He picked his bag up and looked at his daughter. She watched him without annoyance, but her face had lost all her lively enthusiasm. It's all about your safety, he tried explaining once more. Of course, it always is, sighed Keridwen and averted her gaze. Just before Delian left the room, she reached out to him and hugged him with all her might. Come back before breakfast. I'll order fire fries. Delian grimaced. I hate fire fries. Good. More for me, she replied cheekily and giggled. Delian had to grin back good-naturedly. When Keridwen finally heard the high-pitched sound of the door lock being pushed into place, she went back to her room. 
She had designed her private corner all by herself, using only her ideas. Dark blue walls contrasted with light grey furniture which were loaded with cheap electronic gadgets, some of them quite useless. A messy bed rested under the window overlooking the coastal capital city and the ocean. Growing on the roofs and terraces of skyscrapers, tropical flora resembled primeval forests on the limestone hills. White overlays of the buildings reflected the fading rays of the sun, leisurely setting behind the calm ocean waves. Vague shapes of the islands loomed far off in the horizon, and cargo ships sailed over the waters, heading towards the inland harbours. Keradwen dug into the pile of clothes lying on the bed and changed into grey sweatpants and a black hoodie. She clipped a small pack to her belt, combed her tousled hair to straightness, smoothing the errant strands. Brushing the dust from her sleeves, she left home and closed the door using the reader. Taking the elevator down, she opened the map which was already uploaded to her Lick watch. After a quick look at it, she walked out towards the indicated direction. As the chilly breeze touched her face, happiness rushed through her as she caught her first blast of real freedom. Delian marched swiftly across the city, his head bowed down and hands deep in his pockets. Tons of pedestrians passed him by, hurrying to cheap entertainment venues to begin their boozy celebration of the two-day-long break from work. Tropical trees and blooming shrubs grew along both sides of the government mansion street, and flocks of colorful birds flapped their wings across the sky. Tiny animals made high-pitched screeching sounds which drowned out the noise of conversing people, whirring quad rotors and buzzing vehicles. Streamlined land machines moved at a steady pace, when suddenly one of them halted. Hearing the alarm, Delian stopped and turned his head in that direction to observe the further course of events. He did not have to go near the place of the incident. Celestians had excellent vision and could distinguish the slightest details from a distance. Not a single minute had passed before the other vehicles blocked up the street. A low, deafening alarm resounded throughout the area as an armored vehicle with government logos backed out from behind the skyscraper. Near the chalk-shaped machine, several members of the local militia were retreating in a tight group. Their helmets and vests were smeared with paint, grease and kerosene stains. When they got to the middle of the crossroad, a group of underground factory workers armed with metal bars and tools stormed out of the corner. With an unmatched fury on their faces, they hurled everything within reach at the law enforcement offices. Torn from the ground and smashed into pieces were concrete flowerpots, old tools, debris and everyday items that flew over the heads of the union officers. Move back, everyone! roared the distorted voice from the speaker of the vehicle. This is the last warning. An Elphian with smooth, pale celadon green skin darted in front of the bunch of crowded rioters. He was slimly built but over two meters tall. The spots on his voluminous, 
elliptical head changed their color from fluorescent yellow to gaudy red, showing his rage. He closed his third, transparent eyelid to protect his huge black eyes with speckled, white pupils. He trotted with a characteristic light gait, rocking back and forth like a flightless bird. He covered the distance between him and the unions, who fell back a bit too slowly. He leaped high above the ground and, while landing, kicked his opponent in the stomach with all his might. Pushed away, the officer stumbled and collapsed on the ground. The Nelphian was about to run back to the rioters' group, but the Union officers fired at him. Their bullets struck him between his ribs and in the stomach. Holding his shot flank and growling in pain, he collapsed. He coughed, spitting out a blue oozy slime, then raising his head with his dying strength, he gazed hostilely at the unions. Another bang echoed when one of the masked shooters finished him off with a bullet in the middle of his forehead. Delian and the rest of the pedestrians froze at this sight, their voices dampened, then became silent. They directed their wide open eyes upon the two fighting groups. Standing near Delian, a Celestian woman crouched before her child. Whispering into his ear, she snuggled him to her chest and turned away from this view. Without the slightest regard for the armed opponents, the group of rioters charged forwards in a tight throng, passing the Nelphian, dead in a blue pool of his own blood. Their roars blended with the thunderous gunshots of the Unions, who began to fire at another row of the wild mob. Echoes of screams and flying bullets filled the street. When the rioters approached the policemen, shovels, knives, saws and anything that could kill started doing its job. A deluge of blood and fuel flooded the road. Two feelings fought in Delian's mind at the scene that was unfolding in front of him. One was the primal fear, telling him to flee right away but the other, a morbid curiosity which did not allow him to do it. An orange blaze flared amongst the group of the raging workers, the unions, and the slaughtered corpses lying on the ground when someone threw cans filled with kerosene. Clothes caught fire, people from both sides were entrapped in the melee. Those standing close to the blaze stepped back, then circled the screaming, squirming and sizzling live torches, carrying on the combat. The spillage of the burning kerosene down the street was the final signal for Delian to get out of there. Unfortunately for him, the rest of the pedestrians thought the same. Like a sudden avalanche, they ran for their lives. The strongest of them forced their way, pushing others with elbows and fists. Sounds of gunshots behind their backs hastened them and drowned out their cries. Making use of his knowledge of the basic survival techniques, Delian left the road and headed closer to the skyscraper wall. Panic and mindless rush became his greatest enemies. To defeat them, he started counting his every swift step and heavy breath. He seemed not to notice the screams, the rumbles of engines or the persistently brighter, orange afterglow. Survival was the only thing he cared about. After less than a hundred meters, 
Delian swerved into a narrow side street. Gasping the humid air, he turned his head for a few seconds to evaluate the situation. Two armored vehicles, in blue and gray colors, were making their way down the street which was overrun by the hysterical crowd of people. Most had escaped the path of the Union, but some could not push through the tight mob. The vehicles, gaining speed, hit a blue-skinned Kerrion and dragged him several meters away. The impaled creature tried to tear himself loose but slid on the road and disappeared in the throng. Two pedestrians, too weak to get to the safe area, found themselves directly in front of the vehicle. One of them, the tall Ifrit, jumped on the young Celestian who was running next to him. The reptile grabbed the man's neck with his elbow, knocked him down and shoved the others to escape the approaching unions. Lying on the ground, unable to move his body, the Celestian lifted his bleeding head. He saw the wide tread of the oncoming vehicle and attempted to crawl away, but his body could move only a few paces. The machine was faster, tons of metal smashed over his body. And when the unions drove away, the only thing remaining was the spreading red mush with pieces of bones and clothes sticking out. Delian could feel the bile rise in his throat, the acid taste of it burned his insides. His stomach contents threatened to make its way up, but he controlled it. The sight was too much for him, even though he had witnessed a massacre before. Wiping the sweat from his face, he stepped back and hid behind a container to settle his pulse and cool off. When a logical voice started screaming inside his head, he turned around and scurried down the side street towards the stop for the commuter vehicles. He got off in front of the gate which was the entrance to a vast square and passed through the triumphal arch. The eternally burning pedestal fire illuminated the majestic building. Bass reliefs on its pillars depicted scenes from one of the greatest battles in history, and although the passage of time had weathered them, they still awed the visitors. Delian paced the almost empty square, and despite being late, he halted under the 30 meters high monument. His breaths were shallow, and he felt a disturbing tension in his whole body as if he was preparing to flee again. He raised his head to observe the sculpture of the most recognizable hero of the Union, Aurelian Ilios, also called the Golden Sun, in all its splendor. The Celestian was clothed in pristine white armor with golden ornaments. A halo which resembled the beams of the rising sun crowned his helmet. In one hand, the figure held a gilded jewel-handed sword with the blade forged in the shape of a flame, and the other pointed east. Six Semper Tyrannus read the inscription on the pedestal of the monument. Aurelian Ilios was the one who rose against the ancient overlord and raised his entire empire to the ground. His successors, inspired by the words of their savior, released the Aleonian doctrine that remained in force to this day. The doctrine forbade considering any individuals as gods, experimenting with intelligent creatures or modifying their bodies. At least, 
the official censored version of history said that those two minutes gave Delian a feeling of relative tranquility. In spite of his efforts to calm the body, his heart was still racing, but he focused on perfecting his statements. He then collected all the arguments in his mind and arranged them perfectly, considering the situations when he could use them. A vibrant, energetic voice pierced his reflections. For the first time, I see that you are late to vote. He turned around with a sense of irritation. Dressed in a simple but well-stitched cloak, a Celestian walked under the triumphal arch. He presented himself as a freaky fusion of an active go-getter teen and a silver-haired man with slightly wrinkled skin. In Delian's opinion, showing emotions and resolving conflicts in public places was inappropriate, so he hurried towards the entrance of the governmental mansion. He bit his tongue at the very thought of confrontation with his former employer. De Harker, I would be surprised if he didn't show up when the deals are at stake. Don't pretend you forgot about your old friend, said Azzy De Harker, approaching Delian swiftly. He caught up with his ex-worker right before the gate and stood in his way. I heard you don't live so easy, right? You shouldn't care about it, countered Delian and passed him by. They entered an empty, spacious hall where every sound echoed within its marble walls. I know I shouldn't, but wouldn't you want to quit this poorly paid, working all hours job once and for all? Asked Azzy, smiling. Delian stopped so suddenly that Azzy almost bumped into him. I won't make the same mistake as I did 20 years ago, he declared and walked on. Your weird philosophies were the mistake, Azzy corrected him, keeping in pace with him. I know you have your own beliefs, more or less old-fashioned they may be, but they weren't worthy of messing up the entire job. He spread his arms wide, emphasizing, we could have earned this much. Delian stood face to face with Azzy. He took a sharp breath, and regardless of the keep silence sign, he growled, you think everything is about money. He pointed to his head. Damn you, De Harker, you plan to hack into their brains. Azzy dropped his arms with a deep sigh. Oh, come on. Delian moved closer to him and spoke once more, emphasizing every word. Hack. Enter. Their. Brains. Azzy backed off, becoming serious. I just tried to help you, he explained, and you can help me now. Delian frowned in confusion and opened his mouth to respond, but Azzy added, you won't even have to get your hands dirty. I just need a little help. Delian crossed his arms, his fingers taut over his elbows. What do you want? Azzy glanced at him, then looked up at the orbicular ceiling. After a moment of reflection, he answered, All you have to do is to give up the entire opposition. No way, Delian erupted. He could not even imagine how he would be able to break the Aleonian doctrine again and live with it. Once he had bent those rules and for months, he had to live with the guilt, 
accusing himself of being as degenerate as his enemies, without respect for life, freedom and order. He partly blamed Azzy, who had convinced him to work on the first prototypes of Synth Breed Project and had later left him with nothing. He moved ahead, but Azzy stepped in his way. Admit it, you need this money. He lowered his voice to a whisper. You and your daughter, he paused to remember her name, Keradwen, on one of the peaceful planets, far away from these politics, set for life. I know you want the best for her. Right? Leave her out of it, growled Delian. He clenched his fist and anger coursed through him, making the thick veins of his neck throb with a pulsating rhythm. As he noted this reaction and realized that he had hit on his opponent's weak point. Even though Delian had never told anyone about his obsessive fears, as he knew the roots of it. Twenty years ago, during the rebel attack on the scientific facility, Delian lost his love and Keradwen's mother, Astrid. Since then, he had promised himself that he would never allow anything bad to happen to his daughter. As he lifted his finger, making his point. Just one little favor, move away, or I'll report everything to the committee, warned Delian and clenched his jaws, trying not to say another word. As he laughed without humor, and with a smirk on his face, he replied, they won't do anything. I bought him off. He snapped his fingers. The power of money. Rotten to the core, thought Delian. They were supposed to fight bribes, not take them. But I know one thing, as he resumed the conversation, moving slightly away from Delian, you don't want anything bad to happen to your daughter. Fear and anger hit Delian at the same moment. A wild, primitive streak incited him to rush at the Celestian and pummel his face into a bloody mash with his bare hands. Don't threaten me, shouted Delian, but his former employer had already reached the elevators. Will you report this? asked Azzy, with a theatrical expression, before stepping into the lift. Delian was about to respond with sharp words, but the elevator doors closed on him shutting his ex-employer away from his view.